0: That helps uh, the show climb up the rankings and helps more people uh, find it. So thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, the Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Michael Hessian. Michael, are you ready to do this? I am, George. Excellent. Let's do this. Michael is a private banking practitioner. He's an entrepreneur. He is an investor. I'm excited to have you on. Michael, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do.
1: Uh, sure. So, uh, yeah, again, Michael Hesh and I live in the smallest state in the union, Rhode Island, um, have been here for about 15 years now with my wife and two daughters. They're both in their early 20s. Uh, we're kind of dealing with being empty nesters for the first time. And um, so that's my personal situation. My background is um, after coming out of college, I was in I uh, had my own business for uh, 16 years in the marine industry, um, started out with my dad. Um, he passed away a few years into it, but I, I got to know what it was like to have a sole proprietorship. And, um, what I came to realize was that, you know, it it was great and cool having my own business, but I really, was just owning a job. Sure. So I, I owned a job, right? And then so I started to learn about leverage, and eventually I just I shut it down. Um, I still had plenty of business. I just walked away from it. Then I started to, you know, started reading Kiyosaki books and that kind of thing. And uh, my wife and I had bought a uh, rental unit, so we did that a little bit. Where we were, you know, we sold a place, made some money, got an, another larger place, and then we then 2008 happened. <laughs> we were like in the midst of that. With a uh, six-unit in Providence, and it, it, it we took a, a big hit. The whole, the whole, you know. So we really felt that firsthand what that was like sure. to, to deal with that. And we actually ended up giving up that property. And um, so I really got to see sort of the other side of leverage. You know, it was great when it was paying for itself when, when it was fully rented it was fine. It was cash, it was, you know, it was cash flow positive, but then as things turned around, the whole neighborhood started to go south. It was harder to keep it rented. And then it's like, okay, now we're, it's not covering it. So I, you know, the leverage is a two edged sword. Um, so I really, and then also I, at the same time, I, I learned how to uh, self direct trading and options and futures and currencies markets. So I think being between my old business and then dealing with the, uh, real estate market and then the stock market uh it really opened my eyes to how a lot of this stuff works and how money works um and then about six years ago i got into the financial services side of things mostly on the insurance side of things because i i think my experience in the market and seeing i was trading in the market during 2008 and 9 it was crazy right so so i i kind of learned that you know what you can you can do this stuff without all that exposure to risk so that's what I really focus
0: on. Fair enough. I appreciate that. And well, I think that a lot of people people found themselves on the wrong side of leverage uh, in 2008, 2009 during that time. And I also think it, uh, it did open a lot of people's eyes to the complexity of of the finance system and the many layers to it and how a lot of it really still I don't think made any sense and probably still doesn't make a lot of sense to, to too many people. So, well, tell us about this I don't want to call it a concept, but I guess I'll call it a concept. This concept of private banking, and as maybe some other people may know it as infinite banking.
1: Right. Yeah. So no, it it is absolutely it is a concept. It's a mindset, really, and it just so happens that there's a certain tools that we use to fulfill on that concept. So uh, Nelson Nash developed the infinite banking concept back. Well, he officially. Wrote the book "Becoming Your Own Banker" in, in 2000, but he'd been, you know, kind of disseminating it before then. So this is we use that as our base, you know, because that's what he came up with is just a brilliant way to to create, grow, and store your wealth in a safe place with guarantees and no market risk, where you have full ownership and you call the shots. And that's really what it is. So we just, but they're they're basically, um, and I got to meet him before he passed away. Uh, which is awesome last um so we're we're closely affiliated with them but they're they're an institute they don't actually uh they just teach professionals like ourselves the basics of how to do it and how to set it up the right way so and that's that that's a critical component of it um there are some people out there who sort of get the basic idea but they don't set it up the right way and and it just it's really like my mentor he calls it he's a funny guy he's a great guy um he says, I'm, I, I teach people how to speak Martian. Okay. And it's like, what are you talking about? Because you have to – no one thinks that you can run like a bank. You don't – no one – it never occurs to someone that you can actually do that. So you don't even – your, your mind doesn't even go there. So our job is to, to say, look, no, you actually can operate like a bank does. And so one of the, the, the initial things that we do is often, do you know how money works? and Do you really get the degree to which – we are all the leverage for banks and lending institutions and how they make out on that.
0: And the look on somebody's yeah. face is usually, huh?
1: <laughs> right. They kind of know it nominally. But, you know, when you really get into the numbers, um, I mean, I, I think people don't realize that things like, um, you know, a bank can lend out 10 times as much as what you deposit into it. So... Um, so, you know, someone dumps 100000 bucks into a CD, maybe post-2008. I think a lot of people did that, especially the older folks. They got scared, was dumping it into a CD in the bank and make, you know, 1.2% or whatever there was at the time. And the bank can lend out 10 times that. So they can lend out a million bucks on that one hundred grand you pop in there. Mm-hmm. But now, and what do they give you in return? That little, that paltry CD return. And then they, they could be lending out to all kinds of things, you know, making, you know, maybe 30 times that amount and it's just all based on there's like nothing really there so um and that's what happened in 2008 that they, they're so over leveraged and then when things start to fall apart there's nothing but really backing it there were like there were over 1200 banks that were underwater in 2008 um that they just there was so much money lent out because they're able to they couldn't cover it so that's why they did what they did um so I think when people really get that and they get that, oh, OK, so and, you know, so they're yeah. it's great that they lend us money, but the what they make us do and what they what they get out of it is and it's not it's just the way it is. It's not like some conspiracy. It's just it's evolved that way. But what if you could flip the switch and, and stop losing all that money and have your own system so you don't keep losing that outflow of money? And um, so that's really what we're all about.
0: Well, that certainly it's sounds big. that certainly sounds good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and you can't, yeah.
0: So, tell us how it works.
1: Okay, so what um, we have figured out is that the the best vehicle for this, and actually, people back in the day, in the if you think pre nineteen seventies, many people had they sort of they stored their wealth in whole life insurance policies. Oh, quite a lot of them did, and there are a lot. There is some famous stories of of people utilizing their cash value and their their whole life policies coming out of the Great Depression, because their money wasn't affected by the stock market collapsing, because it wasn't in the market. It was in these mutual company you know, uh, cash values. So that's what we use is what's called participating whole life policies, kind of old school. There, there are a couple of key components to it. Um, they're mutual companies, so they're not publicly traded. Um, and the policy holders are the owners of the company. Um, it really, anytime a a company goes, uh, public, they become beholden to shareholders, people who own shares in the stock and that can, down the road, that can be anybody. So even if you have publicly traded insurance companies, they're publicly traded, but they're really beholden to the shareholders above and beyond anybody else. So we use only mutual companies because you really own the company. and you just they have guaranteed rates of return and, and the cash flow uh, usually four or five percent So you can you can almost think of it as a um, like a supercharged savings account and you you're funding it Obviously, you're getting a death benefit, too but the key is you can If, if as much as you can or as much as you feel comfortable you can put into this policies and you can access that cash value Usually within after 30 days and do whatever you want with it Um finance you buy it we we bought a new car about two months ago and it was kind of cool we have enough I've, I've got six of these policies now between my wife and i we had enough cash value where we could say no we're going to write a check for it and we just we called the company and said hey i need um twelve thousand dollars okay and they they send you a check they don't ask you what it's for they do start to accrue an interest rate but it's low it's usually around four percent and they never put you on payment terms um so that's part of the magic too is that you can borrow from your own system you don't we you want to pay it back but you don't have to and there's no payment schedule so for businesses for example there there's a tremendous advantage if you have equipment purchases or something if you have a bad couple of months it's not like you have to pay this monthly note back to the bank like you do with a bank you it just you just pay it back when you can so you have much more control over your finances and you you kind of run like a bank does, and all that money stays in your system. You borrow from your own system. You get what you need, and then you pay your system back. And the whole thing grows bigger because of the way we construct it. So does that make sense? I know this is a lot, but that's kind of the basics of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Fundamentally, I think that it does make sense. So mm-hmm. there's a certain kind of, of a life insurance policy that is a permanent life insurance policy. That means it has uh, an account value or a cash value component to it. And you're yep. talking about mutual life insurance companies because they're not beholden to shareholders. Essentially the policy holder is the, the shareholder of that company. And every time the company issues a dividend, which is probably yep. on an annual basis, the money actually goes into the policy itself. So it goes to your exactly. cash value. Yep. Okay. And you mentioned, or actually what, we, go ahead.
1: what we do is actually we have it. Um, the dividends buy more insurance. So, um, when the idea is to have it, because really, the if you think this is a good way to think about it, we financed everything that we get, one way or the other. We either set money aside that we earn, you know, from our job or whatever, and then we buy something, you know, whether whether it's a, a toaster or a car or or something, you know, in between, maybe I don't know, a new dishwasher or something. And you either pay for it out of the money you make, and in which case you get the item, but then that money's gone; you never see it again, or you, you take a loan out from something you put it on a credit card or you take a loan out from you know somebody to get that item and then they earn interest on you so you really think about it even if you're if you're really into paying things in cash you're really once you pay that item you lose that money it's gone forever with this system you don't you get to recapture it over and over and over again like a bank does
0: sure i got it okay yeah. and how long does it take for for money to to build up inside the the policy
1: it depends um uh the first policy we did so um I'll just, a quick little story i my first insurance company was uh it was a publicly traded company and i was a captive agent um and we were pushing this thing called a retirement miracle with universal life policies which you've probably heard of and and it was fine it seemed fine um there weren't really any guarantees so much and you couldn't really access the cash for quite a while. Um, at least tax advantaged. And I heard about this. I, I got on a podcast with somebody, like my wife said, hey, you should check this out. And it was just so obvious to me this was so much better to do it this way. So we, we got we got a policy. So in our case, this is you know everybody's different, but we had I think we had, I don't know, twenty four thousand dollars. It came from my father in law's passing away. It was part of his trust we had a chunk of money, we 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 were like, we should do something. So let's – and at the time, all we had was term policies that were going to run out in a few years. So I said we should do one of these. So what we did was we we set up with this gentleman I learned about it from, and we had say 4,000 of it be the annual premium ongoingly, and 20 of it be a particular rider called a paid-up additions. And what that does is it's almost like you front-load it, it buys a certain chunk of insurance, and then 30 days later – we were able to access almost all of that 20 grand. So what we did was we had a couple of high interest credit cards and we said, okay, we'll, we'll take that money from Ohio National was the company, and we they called them up and said, hey, send us 20 grand, okay, no questions asked, they sent us 20,000, we paid off those high interest credit cards, we're, at the time we're like, I don't know, 20% or something, and we paid those off, but then we paid our system back. So that's an example of how it can work. So it, it really depends on how, you know, where you are. Um, you know, some people, some businesses, you know, who can have a lot of cash flow, they can, it, it, it's, it depends on how you set it up and how quickly you want to access that cash.
0: Got it. I think that yeah. some of the, some of the, like, some of these policies get a bad rap. For lack of a better term, because there's not a lot of a lot of cash value buildup in the early years, but you're talking about designing the product so that you can actually just dump
1: money into it. Yep, And the key is you have to do it the right way, and not have it become what's called a modified endowment contract, which you know the the IRS and in its infinite wisdom, back in the '80s actually, um, when the stock market had really bad crash in '87, and interest rates were really high um the wealthy a lot of the wealthy folks were they said their advisors said look dump your money into these single premium whole life policies you've got a huge death benefit and you'll be able to access your cash pretty quickly and uh, shortly after that the irs was like whoa that's we can't let you do that that's too good for you and too bad for us um so they they put uh parameters on it so you have to stay within certain levels but um you know i had a, a, a she had, she's not a client yet, but a woman who's a real estate investor who has like a hundred grand, and she's she owns multiple properties, and she could. I showed her how she could she could dump in you know hundred grand, have about 15, 20 of it be the base policy, but within after thirty days she'd be able to access like eighty grand of it to do whatever she wants with it. The key is only certain companies let you do this. the The biggest one that everyone knows about, uh, New York Life, does not. They're not IBC friendly. So we don't use them. Great company, but they just, they don't let you do access to policy loans and the cash value in the same way. So we use about six or seven, uh, mass mutual is probably the the most well-known, but they're, they're very solid. They've all been around for over a hundred years. They've all been paying dividends forever. So, um, you have to use the right one in order to get that early, that early cash value.
0: Fair enough. Mm -hmm. So this is something that, that every time that I, I talk about it, it sounds like a great idea. You get, Mm-hmm. Tax deferred growth on your money—you could potentially access the money tax-free. You got—it's guaranteed. There's all this, all this good stuff. Yet mm-hmm. we have Dave Ramsey talking about how much he hates these kinds of policies. Why? Why is that?
1: I think he doesn't know what he's talking about. When honestly, when it comes to that, um, he's putting out misinformation. He says stuff like, um, you know, the first year uh, commissions that are paid out come from the client. That's not true. The, the company pays the commissions. It's, it doesn't come out of the the policy holders at all. I don't know. I, I you know I just look. I, I think some of what he says is of value, but he he he's just wrong on that. Uh, sorry, I've got six of these policies now. My mentor has probably twenty of them. It's just not accurate. Look, there there's there are many ways to skin a cat, and I just think he's inaccurate on this. He doesn't. If he really spent the time to understand how these things are structured, too, um, one of the things is kind of. This useful to note is that with these policies, uh, two things, actually. The first thing is that the cash value is contractually guaranteed to grow at a certain percentage rate and equal the death benefit at year 120 if you live that long. So all these whole life policies are constructed. They do have an end date, and it's gone higher since people live longer now. So theoretically, if someone took a policy out now and they, they, they lived 121, which is not out of the realm of possibility, right? The state, you know, with the, all the advances in technology, the company would actually cut them a check and then and they would call the, uh, the contract null and void. But the point is, so say if you have a million dollar death benefit, over time that cash value is gonna equal a million bucks by the end of that period of time. And so that's guaranteed to grow, it has to. These guys, they're obligated to satisfy the death benefit and to guarantee the cash value the whole way along so that's why you're able to, to to tap into it pay it back tap into it and if you don't pay it back the companies are actually fine with it because they'll just they'll deduct it from the death benefit so they know they're going to get their money back that's why they do it so back to ramsey i don't know i just I, I just i don't think he's taking the time to really understand it and to go he, he's he's got his stick you know which is fine you know but uh, you know I just don't think he really fully understands it. And if he, if he like took a left turn right now and said, "Oh, I've been saying this stuff forever," that's just my take on it. So, um, the other kind of cool thing uh, is that when we set these policies up to have high cash value early on, we the agents actually take a, a, a significant hit in our commission, which I kind of like because we're doing it for you guys, you know. <laughs> Got it. It's not about just making as much money as we can. It's just to benefit you. You know, the whole – that old uh, parable about, you know, you give a man a fish and he can eat for a day and teach a man or a woman to fish and they can eat forever. That's what this is about, showing people, businesses, families how they can, you know, take care and create, like, their own system that they can benefit from ongoingly. Um, so that's really what it's all about.
0: Got it. Yep. Well- well, Michael, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making <laughs> tip. What do you have for them?
1: All right, I think my tip is is get something in your financial life where you have leverage, um, or in essence, where you become the middleman. You think about like the, the 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 prototypical middleman. You know, they they make a little bit of money on on transaction. They don't have much risk, but they make a little something. You know, outside of you know, their regular job. So just get something in your life where you get some leverage. You, you, to, to make money, unfortunately, the way our system is set up, you have to have some form of leverage. Um, and that could be what we do. It could be, you know, if you're open to network marketing companies that are good or real estate or something so that you have money working for you, you know, and you're getting some compounding interest. That's another big part of what we do. So just something. Take some time to learn to get something because otherwise you're going to be left holding a bag you know when when the, when things turn south and that thing you know we always go through cycles of boom and bust get you know take the time to learn and get some leverage on your side however that looks
0: We're like that is great stuff that definitely gets a come on <laughs> come on <laughs> michael thank you so much thank you so much for coming on. where can savage nation learn more about you
1: so the best way is um, is our website which is uh, www.privatebankingstrategies.com and um, anyone interested, I just go there. There are two options. I would actually do both. Um, my mentor and his senior partner wrote a great book, which I think is the best entryway into this whole thing. The the, the, the book I mentioned earlier that Nelson wrote, Becoming Your Own Banker, is great too. But that can be a, a little bit dense. So our book is totally free. You can access it on our website. And you can also get a free consultation um, where we can look at your situation and see how this could work for you. Um, it's completely free. And if you do if you do the consultation, just be sure to in the notes, just let them know that, that you heard about this on Georgia's show. Um, just so on the money savage, so we know, you know, where, where you came from.
0: Perfect. Yeah, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as yeah. I did, show Michael your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to com to learn more about what we've been talking about. Thanks again, Michael. Thanks, George. Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about... How do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out You can go to com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.